0: Hello, and welcome to Before the Green and After the Checkers. I am your host, Evan Locke, and I am the only host you got this week. I do apologize for that. I hope you'll still stay around, Uh, but due to some health issues early in the week, we weren't able to record, and then later in the week, we discovered that we had a pretty serious technical issue uh, for for Donnie uh, that we haven't been able to overcome, so we're hoping Donnie will be back next week as normal, and that we can continue doing this podcast for you the way that you've been expecting. Now, having said that, we were going to make a change this week uh, to how we do the podcast, and we are going to stick by that. And what it comes down to is is the recap portion of the show. It was running quite long, quite lengthy, and a lot of information that really wasn't necessary didn't really tell anything important, and yet at the same time we were keeping that information in. So we're going to modify that a little bit. I think you'll enjoy it. Super glad you're here with me this week. Let's go over the Xfinity recap real quick. The Xfinity series hit the track in Phoenix on Saturday, and Trevor Bain was on the pole with Noah Gregson on the outside. They would each win a stage, with Trevor Bain winning stage 1 and Noah Gregson then winning stage 2. There were only four cautions, so the entirety of the race, two of those of course were for the stage breaks. There were no cautions in the final stage at all, however, in Stage 1, Riley Herbst brought out the first caution of the day on lap 22 when he lost his brakes, which resulted in a last-place finish. Additionally, in Stage 2, we saw an early caution when Josh Berry connected with Ty Gibbs and sent him around in front of traffic, all of who managed to avoid him. Noah Gregson would end up winning the race after leading 114 of 200 laps. The rest of your top 10 were Brandon Jones, Josh Berry, Trevor Bain, John Hunter Nemechek, Ty Gibbs, AJ Allmendinger, Daniel Hamrick, Landon Castle, and Justin Allgaier. Brandon Jones, Trevor Bain, John Hunter Nemechek, and Justin Allgaier would all lead laps, as well as Ryan Sieg, who actually finished outside the top 10 in 11th. Normally, of course, I'd get Donnie to go over our picks with us. This week, I actually think this might have contributed to his technical issue that we're having. Donnie picked Justin Allgaier to win the race, and he ended up finishing 10th. Jeb Burton picked as the dark horse, finished 12th, which means Donnie has an average finishing position of his picks of 11. I, on the other hand, had a much better week. Uh, I chose Noah Gregson as my winner, and ding, 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 ding. I picked that one right, as well as John Hunter Nemechek to be my dark horse, and he had a top five finish finishing in 5th. Uh, which gave me an average finishing position of third. Uh, So that may have been a contributing factor as to why Donnie's not here. Uh, We'll have to check in with him about it next week um, when when he returns. Hopefully next week when he returns. Uh, Moving on to the Cup Series, which followed on Sunday. Ryan Blaney started on the pole, and Denny Hamlin started to his outside. William Byron would get to the finish line first to end Stage 1, and his girlfriend's brother would not be outdone as Ryan Blaney would win the second stage. There were a total of eight cautions, including the two stage-ending cautions and a competition caution at lap 25. Corey LaJoy, Christopher Bell, Martin Truex Jr., Eric Jones, and Chase Elliott would all have single-car incidents throughout the race, making for a lot of green flag racing. It is important to note that as the field came to the checkered flag, Daniel Suarez and Austin Dillon would have contact and take Dillon out of the seventh position and relegate him to a 21st place finish, never crossing the finish line. But there was no caution as a result. Um, Chase Briscoe would get his first win of his cup career in only his 40th start. He becomes the 200th race winner in the Cup Series, ending any chances of Donnie and I's Cinderella story for Harrison Burton, who's a rookie this year, to achieve that statistic while simultaneously earning the Wood Brothers' 100th win. Briscoe would be followed to the line by Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, Ryan Blaney, Kurt Busch, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Daniel Suarez, and Chris Busher. Moving on to the Cup picks, uh, we didn't have as great of a as great of a run here for myself, but Donnie actually stayed right around where he was. Donnie had chosen Denny Hamlin to win the race, who would end up finishing 13th, uh, and he finished with Chase Elliott in 11th, who was his dark horse pick, which means his average finish between his two drivers was 12th. Uh, I, on the other hand, chose Alex Bowman to go back-to-back probably not my wisest decision as Alex finished 14th and I chose Kevin Harvick as my dark horse and that actually panned out pretty good. Kevin got a sixth place finish, left me with an average of 10. So we were right in the same ballpark. Some storylines that we were going to discuss that are important for uh, everyone to consider this weekend going forward. Coming off of his win at Phoenix, it's Pretty exciting start to the year for Noah Gregson. Noah Gregson has yet to finish outside of the top three this season. He now has a third-place finish, followed by two second-place finishes, and now the win. Uh, He's been a perennial contender for the championship over the last few years. He has sponsorship money from Bass Pro Shops and Black Rifle Coffee, both of which to be his appear to be his own sponsors and not junior motorsports sponsors meaning if he decides to move they will likely follow with him provided it's an opportunity that they agree with um at what point you know does someone give him an opportunity in cup which is really kind of an exciting concept as we come into a silly season noah gregson's 23 years old got a lot of talent has a lot of upside to him as opposed to some drivers uh, that are available I think the one thing that's unfortunate for Noah Gregson is I don't really see that many seats right now that are available or coming available. It would be interesting to see where he might end up. Obviously, Hendrick is full, which is where you would normally see somebody from Hendrick jump to, uh, or sorry, from Junior Motorsports jump to. Um, But they're full right now. I don't see that happening. I don't see that taking place. So it'll be interesting to see where he could end up. If he was willing to switch manufacturers, he might find himself... With a decent ride at a place like Stuart Racing, or perhaps over the next couple years as uh, Toyota loses some of its top tier talent in the Cup Series, perhaps something could open up at Joe Gibbs. Or the third option, which I think is probably a great option, is somebody like Colleague Racing, where he's already racing for them this year in a few races in the Cup Series. That could be a great fit for Noah Gregson, especially bringing money to a team that Probably doesn't have as many sponsors as they would like to have at this point. I think that would be a great opportunity for them. The other option that could be interesting is this could be the way that we finally see Dale Earnhardt Jr. take his team and jump up to the Cup Series. I would be excited to see that. I would love to see it. We'll see if maybe that works out. Last week we talked about Ryan Blaney and how he needed a good turn of momentum. Uh, He won stage two this week, finished fourth in the race. I really think that that's kind of a bit of a resolution to that question about, you know, are they able to start building some good momentum? One race does not necessarily equal a ton of momentum, but it's a step in the right direction. Really excited to see if that continues going forward. Haas Racing uh, has appeared to kind of turn the train around a little bit. They're running pretty well. In Phoenix, Chase Briscoe, who's their driver, won the race. Harvick finishes second. Almirola finishes 12th. Uh, that's his first result outside of the top 10 all season so it's really exciting to see what's happening over Stort Haas Racing that being said it'll be interesting to see if anyone else from that team can get a win this year of course there's some interesting elements there Kevin Harvick's winless in 40 some races now uh, going back all the way to 2020 has not won uh, in 2021, at all hasn't won yet in 2022. So that's a guy that won nine races in 2020 and then has gone winless since. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get a win this season and break that winless streak. Uh, then we've got Eric Almirola driving for them, who's a retiring driver this season. Not very often the drivers that are retiring at the top of their career getting up there age-wise. Not very often that we see them go out and win. Typically, they're just trying to bring the equipment home pretty good shape and things like that. But I think there's potential he could get a win. And, of course, we have Cole Custer. Uh, he got a win in his rookie season two years ago in 2020, but he also went winless in 2021. Not a surprise. Haas Racing really just had no performance last season. Could be interesting to see if he, uh, if he can follow up that sophomore slump with a winning season this year. The other team that's really impressive to talk about, of course, is Stord Haas Racing. So Ross Chastain, um, he follows up Trackhouse's first stage winning week by getting a runner-up finish in the race at Phoenix. Daniel Suarez also comes home in ninth. Chastain was competitive all afternoon. However, Suarez ran 15th through 25th throughout most of the day until the final restart. Uh, On that final restart, he started at 14th and gained almost 10 positions uh, before that contact with Austin Dillon relegated him to a 9th place finish. Uh, Pretty good chance that Trackhouse might be the breakout team of the year. It's a little bit interesting to see Ross Chastain, who started with the team at the beginning of the year, already outperforming Daniel Suarez by quite a bit, really, this early in the season. Of course, Chastain is kind of working out of the same facility that he's been working out of for the past two years. I understand that there's an element to that. Um, but he is with a new team. You know, that team moved into that building, sure, but its uh, I'm sure it's a vastly different dynamic that he's used to, uh, whereas Daniel Suarez, by rights, was there last year, helped develop this team to where it's at. Kind of an interesting dynamic, something to keep our eye on going forward. The other thing that's an important element here is we're seeing some good runs from teams like Storthaus, Trackhouse, Richard Childress Racing, um, and it's it's kind of interesting to consider, okay, well, we've seen one powerhouse team, Joe Gibbs Racing, um, as well as twenty three eleven that are normally up there getting better results falling back. Now, we did see Kyle Busch get a seventh-place finish at Phoenix. I will be honest, it's not like these guys are flying. These Toyotas, I, he kind of lucked into that seventh-place finish as far as I'm concerned. I don't think there was anybody else in the top ten, uh, although his brother may have made it as well. I think there was kind of an element of luck and, you know, just fortunate positioning that got them that position. Toyotas are not fast coming off of this West West Coast swing. They really need to figure out what's going on with those cars and get them developed because they are not on the top of the team. So it's interesting to look at guys like Stuart Haas, Trackhouse, Richard Childress and go, okay are these results really as good as they are or are the results slightly inflated simply because of the absence of these normally very strong Toyota teams? It's not uncommon to see three to four cars in the top 10 that are from Joe Gibbs racing and uh, 2311. So if we aren't seeing that TRD camp filling up those positions, is that the reason why we're seeing these other teams able to get that result? Uh, So what I mean by that is, are we seeing more of a, the other teams are not doing so well, so we can kind of take advantage or have these teams actually stepped up their game. Of course, as the year goes on, we'll probably be able to tell a little bit more, but for right now, it's it's fun to talk about nonetheless. Uh, we'll go into the Atlanta preview real quick, kind of tidy up the end of the week. Uh, now, we're not going to discuss picks and dark horses, unfortunately, with Donnie not here, Uh, it's only fair to him that he has the opportunity to do poorly on his own so (laughs) we are not going to go into picks however let's check in on Atlanta Atlanta is going to be pretty interesting this week it's a brand new track layout they repaved it over the winter and completely reconfigured it so it's going to be narrower and a little bit higher bank than we've previously seen Uh, there's also probably going to be quite a bit of an element of unpredictability of course one thing that we're expecting to see is they'll probably bring a very hard, stiff tire to this track. Usually they do when they have a new configuration, just to make sure that the track failures don't uh, go through the roof. Haven't had a whole lot of time to test the tires on this track as of yet. So we'll probably see a lot of unpredictability in that way. The other thing that's important to note is that they are bringing in what they call the double line rule uh, for the track. So you're not going to be able to pass below the double line on the bottom of the track, similar to what we see at Daytona and Talladega and the reason for that is because they expect to see racing like we see in Daytona Talladega a lot of single file high draft um, really close contact competition so that'll be interesting we're going to see the trucks and Xfinity have a double header on Saturday we should have a little insight after that as to how the track is actually going to drive for Sunday of course that being said with the cars so different obviously we're not going to have a complete picture of that but we're going to have a good idea uh, we'll also be able to see the cup cars on track on sunday so the trucks are going to take to the track for the freight 208 on saturday at 2 30 eastern followed by the xfinity series nally cars 250 at 5 p.m eastern so there's not a wide window there it's pretty much going to be back-to-back racing which is a lot of fun going to be a lot of excitement On Sunday, we're going to go cup racing again for the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, It appears that, like I said, we're going to have this new new type of pack racing. Could be a very, very exciting race. Could be a lot of incidents based upon the fact that these guys still aren't really comfortable with the car. Uh, A lot of guys are really not comfortable on those really hard tire packages that we're going to see this weekend. Um, And if it is a a drafting type race, a super speedway type race, which is what it appears they're aiming for, uh, there's always a high level of predictability involved with that. Don't have a whole lot of historical analysis to go on here as far as who we expect to see finish well and things like that. But there's some important elements to consider here. The guys you're probably going to want to look to and expect to see at the front, especially early. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. You're going to see a lot of wisdom in this race from from guys who have a lot of experience. Experience is going to be paramount, I think, to pulling off this first win. Guys who are younger and have a lot of versatility will also have some success. You might see one of them get the win as well. There's always that possibility, but I don't think you're going to see your average guys kind of just pull off the win. It's going to be one of those two elements, possibly even a mixture of the two of guys that are extremely versatile and guys that are extremely experienced. So in a, in a truck series type race, you're going to look at someone like John Hunter Nemechek, Ben Rhodes, Grant Infinger. Those are guys that we should see up near the front in this type of racing. Um, probably not going to see a whole lot of newer names up there. What you might see near the end as more and more vehicles get taken out, which is probably the result of this type of racing, especially in the truck series, which is known to be pretty rough, um, that's when you'll probably see some different names come to the front and get a finish that perhaps they didn't really earn as much as as luck into. Uh, There is an element of that, probably a pretty high element of that in truth and reality. Uh, But those are the guys I would expect to see up there. Moving over to the Xfinity side, same story you're gonna see someone like last week's winner Noah Gregson who's been in the series a little while or a colleagues Daniel Hemrick uh, they'll probably be running near the front you also might see someone who has extreme versatility like a Ty Gibbs uh, get up to the front of course his aggressive style of racing might cause more incidents than um, than not um, which tend to take out the guy causing the incident a lot of times as well so that might not work in his favor but there's a lot of a lot to watch there. I think it's going to be an exciting race on Saturday. The double header element is always fun, especially guys that are pulling double duty. Doesn't look like there's a whole lot of them this week, but those are always fun guys to watch. On Sunday, of course, you'll probably still see the cream of the crop that always gets to the front, rise to the top. Some of these guys that have been building positive momentum over the last few races are going to be able to continue that going forward. Other guys are going to have a really unfortunate situation arise, most likely, and get taken out of the race. Uh, hope we can avoid that, but that's pretty normal. Some guys who normally run very well on what we call plate tracks, such as your Daytonas, your Talladegas, they'll probably run quite well here. So guys like Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Martin Truex, it's never a surprise to see those guys up front, especially Brad Keselowski. He uh, he obviously knows how to get his car to the front. Uh, if you simply push everybody else out of the way, there's nobody left. So uh, that's what we saw out of him at Daytona. might be interesting to see if this... New configuration provides that same capability to him. Someone else you might see up near the front is a guy like Ryan Blaney. Talladega in the fall won that race, almost won Daytona a couple weeks ago until his teammate Austin Sindrick won. Another guy to keep your eye on. Ross Chastain tends to do pretty well on plate tracks. Someone who could use a bit of positive momentum that may be able to find at a plate track is a guy like Michael McDowell from Front Row Motorsports. Uh, Of course, even though it's a new layout, Kevin Harvick will be trying to see if he can find some of that Atlantic mojo that he's always had so there's a lot of storylines and elements to keep your eye on in the Cup Series a lot to keep your interest and a lot to get you excited lined up for the weekend uh, going forward of course as always would like to thank you for coming out and listening to Before the Green and After the Checkers I know this week's a little bit different I know the podcast obviously a lot shorter and a lot less interactive I hope that we've covered everything effectively we we, we did touch on everything that we want to touch on this week I know it's late. I apologize. Uh, We are new to this, but we're so excited to be growing with you, and we look forward to having you come back as well. One thing that we could ask you to do for us, make sure to follow us on our Facebook page. Uh, Make sure to like and subscribe there, as well as on your podcast streaming service. All of those things are really beneficial to us moving forward as we grow this podcast um, together. Next week, we'll be looking forward to the event at the Circuit of the Americas. And we're once again going to have all three series on track. Really looking forward to having Donnie back with me next week. Uh, Hopefully that can work out. Uh, I know we've only got a couple days to make that happen at this point, but we're really excited about the direction that this podcast has taken. Really thankful you're here with us. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a great week, everybody.